Hey friends, welcome to the Stationery Cafe, your podcast for everything stationery, journaling, planning related, and fun things happening in the community. I'm April from Penguins Creative, and in today's episode, we have stationery enthusiast Koi from Mirai Cat joining us to talk about her love for analog tools. You may have heard Koi share her stationery knowledge already and her collection on our friend's podcast, Tokyo Inklings. And I'm excited today to talk with her further and dive into all the planner talk with Koi and hear her Japanese stationery adventures. Hi, Koi. Welcome to the Stationery Cafe podcast. So excited to have you. I have like super strong recommendation from CY, the host of Tokyo Inkling. CY was like, well, you have to get her on the podcast. And, and here we are. Hi, Koi. Can you like tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Hi, April. And hi, everyone. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited. And um, I think it would be a very nice time that we spend together. I'm a I'm so passionate about stationery. So um, as long as I, get, I could remember, um, I I was I always got some stationery. I got some like, from my childhood when I was visiting my family in California. Uh, we 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 were visiting a mall where there was a Sanrio store, and uh, I think my first first uh, item was a Hello Kitty stamp and uh, a little like some little sticker booklet you know they have this very small maybe um, five by five centimeters booklet with by character and i got the collection I, every time i visit my my grandparents there every two years in the summer they bring me there and i think i collect all of the character from keropi to pochaco and all of them so this is one of my um, memory about stationery and i remember about Lisa Frank. Lisa Frank, uh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, got, I got my first journal, it was a Lisa Frank um, from Target, I guess, I guess <laughs> with the, like, a little teddy bear on, on, in pink, yeah, uh, blue, uh, purple, like many, like uh, rainbowish color. And I remember it was my first journal and I was around six years old, six, seven years old. I just start to to learn to write in, in school and I still have it. It's somewhere at my parents, um, in my parents' basement because when we move out from Lausanne to Japan, I remember I, I left it here. I didn't want to bring it with me. I was like, it's, it's more secure here than to make it travel uh, around the world. So yeah, I, it was very funny to, to discover it. So it was like a small journal. And I, I guess the journaling um, journey started with my parents who used to buy us every summer for vacation for my sister and I, a journal, a notebook, so we can write every day about what we did, what we, what we expect to do during our vacation, uh, if we were going somewhere, visiting our cousins, our, our aunts and uncles, and if we're going to the beach or to the mountain, so we have kind of souvenir uh, from our summer. So it started like this, and from then I, I never quit journaling. The, the, at the bottom of the rabbit hole. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned about like, you know, having a notebook to write about your summer. And I remember that as like, as a kid from Taiwan and growing up in Asia, the summer homework is always to yeah. keep a diary. Like, okay, did you go to the beach? Did you like do this with your family? Yeah. And like, you have to keep a journal. And I remember everyone else was like, oh, summer homework. And I'm like, yes, summer homework. I really enjoy the journaling and the diary part. Um, and coming back to what you were saying, 
you you actually are from Switzerland, right? Los, Lausanne, yeah. Switzerland. And you said you have family in America. I didn't even know that. So it's kind of like an interesting kind of background. And then you ended up in Tokyo. What was it like to like, what, what brought you there? And what was it like to be like, okay, Hello Kitty galore, like my childhood uh, animation character, cartoon character, I guess, if we were to describe Hello Kitty. And then like, this is the birthplace of my favorite character. So um, to make a, like a small um, intro about my background, uh, I'm from Vietnamese background. So my parents flew the war in 75 and um, they met in Europe. Uh, my oh. father was living in France, my mother in Switzerland, and then they, get, they got married and her fa the, my mother family flew from Vietnam to the US and my father family flew from Vietnam by Korea, South Korea to France. Mm. So my family was a bit like, um, like uh, how say, uh, spread around the world, like in many in America, Europe, and some stay in Vietnam. And um, so I grew up in Switzerland, Lausanne, so French part. I learned, I learned Vietnamese at home, French uh, in school. And I studied architecture uh, at the Swiss Institute of Technology. And uh, in, in my studies, you need to do one year internship before starting your master's studies. So I was, um, I started my internship in Switzerland because the interns got paid when they, they work um, uh, as an like a trainee. And I saved all the money because I was still living at my parents. And I decide for the second semester, I have to do six months and six months to go somewhere abroad. And I was intrigued about Japan because I knew only Japan by a scenario from my childhood a little bit of manga, but I wasn't that, like, you know, I wasn't like kind of a manga uh, geek or something like that, but I, I read some of them. I, I knew the, the big names. My father loved comics a lot, so Belgian, French, American comics. And I was like, yeah, Japan interests me because I really like the craft, like all the um, craftsmanship and yeah. the materials and the work of yeah. paper. And I was like, Japan has something that really is really exciting. So I told my parents, yeah, I take a flight ticket. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to Japan for the next six months. And they were like, I was 20 something, 25, no, 22, 22 years old. The 20s, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I was like, just, I'm going to Japan. They were like, what? You don't speak Japanese at all. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but I would, I would find something to do. And I find two internships in Japan, one in the in Aizu Tajima, who is in the Fukushima mountains, the Alps. So in the forest, uh, snow until April. So like a very countryside, the village, it was crazy, it was incredible. Uh, they became very close family to me. Um, and then another one uh, in Tokyo, uh, center of Tokyo. So I could get these two, yeah, very different like different worlds of Japan, like something very typical, traditional and something completely like Tokyo as uh, Tokyo as crazy as Tokyo. And <laughs> yeah, the busy, busy lifestyle yeah. of Tokyo. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I fall in love with, yeah, Japan, with the art, with the stationery, of course, with the food, with everything, architecture, of course. And then from, from that, so 2007, I, I went for the internship. Almost every year I went back to Japan for vacation or either research or work. So. I do a lot of research 
uh, about uh, wooden house, concrete house. Uh, Ando Tado, um, the architect, and uh, Naoshima. I love him. So many, so many <laughs> years of research. And uh, my boyfriend at the time, who became my husband, uh, fell in love with Japan to make an internship at the Swiss Embassy. So we were really connected to Japan. And once, like 10 years later, we were like, okay, 2017, we always go to Japan for vacation, almost. So we, we don't have that much time to go somewhere else anymore, or money. Of course, and we were like, "What do we do? We want. We have to move there. We have to move there, like at least some years, not all our our life, but maybe like for three to five years, and to see how how it will evolve from there, and and if we still love it, because of course, when you are a tourist or a visitor in a country, it's always different when when you live there. And then my husband got um, kind of position who was opening in Tokyo from his company in Switzerland. And he jumped on it, and and it was very funny because I, when we got the answer, I was in in Bankuren, uh, mm. shop in California, talking with Eunice, and I was like, oh, maybe maybe next year I'm in Japan, and <gasps> then like months later I was moving to Japan, and so it was a cra completely crazy adventure, and we went, we got there, and we are really happy. Of course, there is some part of of, of the adventure is not as funny as when you are just visiting but in general we are really happy and um, even during the pandemic we, we enjoy like our life there it was really um, interesting always rich and we love the food so we cannot complain restaurant was still open during the pandemic even mm -hmm. even we can criticize some part of the yeah yeah i love it i was having chills listening to this whole story because it's amazing and so rare to be able to have the liberty to just say, I really like this country, let's move there. And like not without even like, it's kind of like not because there's like a job there already or whatever. It's just like, because you want to move there. Like, I don't think people usually make these kind of lifelong decisions, especially when they have family or like their established social circle. Like who would say like, oh, I really like Thailand. Let's, I, I, let's move there forever or like try it out for like five years. It's so, it's, I feel like there's very little people that can like really liberally, like deliberately do that. And so I admire that. Like I really want that. <laughs> I, 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 toss myself into different environments very easily like from from Taiwan to Boston and then like to Seattle and and it's kind of that way like I I want to like potentially be able to stay in Japan for a few years because I love love Japan as well so hearing this is I'm a little envious <laughs> and it's just amazing how like your your career also keeps bringing you back to Japan because like you said the architecture I I love like the whole ceramic building there's a few in Taiwan and like I always just go and be like oh admire it so much um and so how does like the whole stationary be begins though was it like day day one like the first vacation and or the first trip you went there and you're like ta-da loft Tokyo okay. <laughs> How uh, so? I went into stationery, but not that crazy as my Instagram show it. Like I think I started my, my, my this account in 2016. Before I have a private account with like a family food uh, traveling picture, but the stationery account I started in 2016 after a very hard uh, period. I was finishing my PhD, 
thesis um, in, in school and it was quite depressing because you are working alone, it's a lot of research or you're often alone and even I was really well um, I say surrounded with my professor and my colleagues but it's still a lot of, yeah, I need the, something to to get through it and station, I was like, let's go back to one of my love for pen, like pen paling, correspondence and, and journaling. And I lost a very dear friend from depression um, mm. in April 2016. And I think there were so many things at the time that I said, okay, let's, let's do something that will keep me a little bit like, you know, with this Instagram, at least with the beginning, I was, I, I, I kind of forced myself to take some picture and to make something nice and to see that, the bright side of the of the um, of the of the world i think i'm quite a positive person so during this dark time i really need to having something to look through i look through the tunnel and say that okay i will go through this and this will help me to to get like uh, back on foot and it the committee really helped me i met so, some amazing friends that like we start with pen piling we didn't know each other we just see some picture of each other and we start to write each other and now no, it's like more than like yeah, it's five years, and for me, some of them are really quite close friends, and they know me better than some of the friends I know for maybe twenty or thirty years that we see each other for coffee or something. I think letters have this power to be really um, humble, and and if you feel confident, you will just like like say everything. There is no at least in my case, there is no uh, filter when mm-hmm. I if if I feel um, the other recipient is, is in the same uh, boat as me. So in 2016, when I start this account and I was uh, finishing my PhD for the summer, June, and as a gift to myself, we decided to go to Japan in uh, September with my boyfriend. We take a full month and we decide to visit like Yakushima, Hokkaido, some of the places we've never been before. And during this trip, as I have this stationary account, a lot of people contact me and say, oh, crazy, you're in Japan. Have you, do you know about this? You know this? And I was just like, yeah, I know about Loft. I know about Tokyo Hands because I used to be an intern in architecture. So my boss would send me to Tokyo Hands to buy a cardboard, to buy a glue, you know. So I know, I know all the, all the parts to the craft stuff to, to make models. And I know the sticker and pen part. And, and I have some content pen by myself. But I... I wasn't that into the like shimmering mm-hmm. <laughs> sailor and stuff like that. And then when I, I visited Japan in 2016 with this Instagram account, people were just like sending messages like, you have to go there, you have to buy this, the, ink, the limited edition ink from this shop. And I was like, wow, there's a, a whole, the whole parallel world to what I thought I knew, which was <laughs> crazy. And I started to go shopping like in, in Loft, in some, um, in some very cute, I, I knew cute thing from Japan because I was ordering, it was one of the very rare um, Japan, Japanese uh, stationery shop that we send um, like uh, outside from Japan. So I, I know Ayako who became a friend, but I know her from, um, from Switzerland because I was often ordering uh, stickers and masking tape from her. Nice. But I I discovered some shop in Tokyo or, or around that I never knew that will exist uh, in Osaka and Kyoto. And, and it was just like, I was like, oh my God, it's crazy. And I remember I post some of the picture of that trip, like my, 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 my shopping uh, of the day. And 
the like when like crazy. I, you, I don't really care, but usually I'm like, oh, yeah. If I have I have twenty like, I'm really glad. <laughs> <laughs> and here it was hitting, hitting like five hundred, six hundred, seven hundred. I was just like, ah, what's going on? <laughs> There's there's a need to see the halls. That's like a super evident today. And it's funny, like I feel like I had a parallel experience myself, but maybe a few years earlier, like 2015, I think. I went to Japan. It was before I decided to move here to Boston to the US to go to Boston for school. Mm. So right before that, my tree was also to Japan. And previously, kind of like you, I always just thought Japan is like a tourist place, you know, I go eat food, I go see these things, it's amazing, I experienced that, and then on that trip, I was like, heck all that, you know, I, I'm just gonna do a stationary trip, and I went to like 20 plus stationary places over three days, and I, my Instagram grid was just the shop, the shop, the shop, the shop, the shop, and like so many, and it, it's amazing how when you like kind of take away the tourist, like you, you kind of, you go into the alleys, right, and then some of these stationary stores are so hard to find, or like they're just not on the main places that people recommend like, you to go. You, like Ichijoji, like Ichijoji, uh, yes. yes. Osaka have this tools shop and uh, many underground shop under the like in the subway um, town, I would say underground town. But the same, it was like 2006, the end of 2016, out of 2016. And I remember like I used to travel uh, like from 2007 to 2016. Every time I travel for my research uh, in Japan, my mother or my parents will join me the last week or the depending how long I stay. But one or two weeks at the end of my trip and sometimes my sister or my boyfriend and we will do one trip with one theme for example with my mother we do the Hansen trip and we the start from Tokyo <laughs> go to the center of, uh, of Japan like uh, Tohoku area uh, then I do the Kokeshi trip with the whole the um, Gunma uh, Mitaka like the whole uh, all this village with Kokeshi, we did the bamboo trip and we did the paper trip and with the wooden trip. <laughs> so every, every trip has one theme. So it's how we get out from like all the famous temples because we did it all the first all, time. Right, you know, the first the time. <laughs> all the museum and stuff like that. So we try to do. And so 2016, completely without um, programming, we, we want to do like more like uh, um, hiking like Yakushima and Hokkaido we went there for hiking and it was the uh, maple trees season so we really want to go and see mm. a nice um, red maple but the plan changed almost like we, we keep the hiking in, in the south and the north but when I was in Tokyo it was only 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 stationary and <laughs> my girlfriend was just like aren't you, are you tired of it and I was like um not not yet. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> Every time I want to check a shop, I have to check if there is a very good restaurant close to it, like nice sushi, nice tempura. So then we agree, like we agree, we go in this direction to see a stationary shop. Then we agree to take three hour train just to see one stationary shop if there is a good restaurant next to it. <laughs> That was my strategy when I took my husband to Tokyo. I planned around my stationery stores without telling him and like, oh no, we have to go to this restaurant. 
oh, by the way, like, let me go to yeah. the next door, like, to the stationery store. And they're like, oh, Elliot, let me tell you about this to Kim and um, the Traverse Factory is right behind it. You know, like, I had to plan it that way because I think a lot of people listening, definitely, if you have been to Japan with your spouse, there's definitely, like, that my spouse is sitting outside on the bench or, like, waiting for me while I go into this third loft that that is the, almost the same but no they're not really the same <laughs> but in my case I, I would say he's his fault because he he's the one who offered me my first uh, traveler uh, notebook uh, in 2009 when he was in internship in japan so he he opened his own grave you know <laughs> he 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 in chinese we have a saying like you you turn on the faucet like you're the one who turned on the faucet it's like oh, exactly exactly give me like the first my first traveler notebooks 2009 and he gave me my first Mont Blanc fountain pen when he was starting working for for the group uh, when i started my phd so um, it's not my fault at all <laughs> I don't take any responsibility. I'm, I'm the victim here. <laughs> <laughs> Your husband has really good taste, though, to start you off with Traverse Notebook and Mont Blanc. Like, they are yeah. kind of basically the pinnacles of, like, the stationary uh, categories, right? Like, if you think about them. So that's awesome. And today, like, you know, how... I'm curious. I, I should have asked you why, but you know, since we're I'm talking to you, how do you guys end up meeting? Like, I know there's like a, a another like definitely a very enthusiastic fountain pen community in Japan yeah. that isn't necessarily like all Japanese people. Like, you know, you everyone's from different places. How how does that happen? Is it did it happen organically? Did it was there a forum? Like, I'm curious how that started. Um. So I I met Jacob. At- in 2018 uh, at the Pelican Hub. Uh, you know, Pelican September, 21st of September, they have this Pelican Hub. So it was my, my first uh, month uh, as a resident in Japan. And I was uh, following, uh, I think on Facebook or something, I saw that this is international, international uh, Pelican Hub uh, everywhere in the world, like almost every big city in the world. And I checked and I saw there is, there is one in Tokyo, so I subscribed. And I, I got there and it was mostly Japanese middlemen uh, people and some, um, I, I, I met um, Yasuko Popung too, who is one of the members of the Tokyo Pens gang and uh, Jacob, I was sitting next to Jacob. Mm-hmm. So it was completely random and we started to talk and he's from Sweden, as you know. And I used to live in Stockholm and Jotun, Jot, um, Gothenburg. Uh, as an exchange student during my my university university years, so I knew one or three worlds. Like what what remind one or three worlds of Swedish in my head? Stockholm <laughs> 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 and stuff like that, and it was very fun. And of course, we exchange uh, our Instagram accounts, stuff like that. And he said, "Yeah, we ha- we uh, let's meet once or twice for the for Tokyo uh, Fountain Pen." And then I got pregnant, and I got my first born uh, in 2000, beginning of 2019 and then we met again in the um, Pelicans Hub 2019 and then CY and Alicia joined at that time uh, the Pelican Hub so it's how I met the, the other member and from there we, we met like once every two three weeks usually in a restaurant uh, bringing all our inks and pens and it's how the Tokyo Pen Gang start uh, kind of uh, uh, in, uh, 
inform in an informal way. That makes me so happy. I love it when this happens. Like my myself here in Seattle and previously in Boston and in Taiwan, I also love that there's always these like tiny organic groups that just decided that you know, despite our different careers and different life, we want to get together like as frequently as once a month to like meet and just do stationery. It and it doesn't have to be like super big or super public. But but just that you, it became a very intimate and close circle, and they become not just stationary friends, but they you guys start talking about life stuff, and I just love mm -hmm. how organically people's circle could like expand this way, and then you suddenly have this group of people that you know you know a lot about, and they're not like from your college or like which is how usually people's social circles are like back home, like your friends from college and stuff. Yeah, I I, I love it, and you know. I, I'm like envious, but also like, this is amazing. And people listening, if you have like people in your community or someone close by, I love that Pelican Hub and some and other brands do this to connect people mm -hmm. this way. Because I heard about the Pelican Hub also around 2018, but I didn't went to one until 2019. And it was also like, oh, all these people I know from Instagram that I never like really, we only just comment on each other's stuff. Mm -hmm. But wow, I see you in person. <laughs> this is amazing. Let's meet next week. <laughs> yeah, and then, of course, the pandemic reached, so we still meet um, with the podcast, like on 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 when we record sometimes together. And then we try when the um, the numbers were not that high, we try to meet in person. But like it was maybe every two three months once, so not as much as before, but still trying to keep it like. With fun, like we miss each other, of course, because we always have so much fun when we, when we meet together, and there's always like a lot of things, uh, always uh, everywhere on the tables and stuff like that. But now we try to, to not go to the restaurant, like back to the same restaurant anymore, because we think that the waiter won't won't let us sit down. <laughs> try to, you know, a workspace and stuff like that, so to be kind of anonymous. <laughs> I love it. You guys like switch different places. <laughs> you guys have a reputation, I guess. Like in in our case in Seattle, the Starbucks that we always go to because they have big mm -hmm. table. They they actually during the pandemic asked us. So where have you guys been going now that the pandemic is here? Like I don't see you guys around anymore. When one or two of us would go on our own, but I love it. And Koi, you, I think of you as a very well-rounded stationary lover because usually when we talk to people on the podcast they're either like very snail mail specific or like see one is like fountain pen expert and then some people like washi tape sticker collection and i i feel like you you kind of have one foot like if you you only have two legs but you have one foot in every puddle and you have like a knowledge i think and understanding and like the love for all of it across the board. Okay, if I were to ask you, which one do you think you kind of resonate or like the most at this moment in time? <laughs> um, it's a very hard question. I, I would think that um, uh, it it came by by waves. Like I love almost like I love everything. I, I'm I'm a very difficult. Uh, how to say? Um, no, it's not. I'm, I'm not difficult because I love. I think I, I find interest in everything I touch, but really everything I touch. Something that don't really 
how to say, I am not attracted to it, but if I spend time to read it and to learn about it, I would find it really interesting. But I think this is kind of um, a professional uh, mindset because as I was doing research a lot, mm -hmm. uh, sometimes you don't choose your, your subject. Like your professor is like, okay, this topic, we no one's talk about it, we need to make. So I, I, I try to, instead of saying, oh, it's boring, I will spend months on it and we hate it, I will have to read stuff in German. I hate, I hate, I learned ages of German and as I cannot talk it, I really hate reading in German. <laughs> I feel really bad. And uh, I was like, ah, but like, maybe I'm, I'm trying to say like, oh, it could be interesting. I'm, I must find something who will interest me. So I You're open-minded. Yeah, yeah, quite. And this is the big problem because when I say I'm difficult, it's like, as I love everything, I have almost everything, like, I, I, everything I love, I will try to find it. I love to bargain, like, find bargain, to find secondhand stuff. I love to, to go and to small, you know, uh, play our market and stuff like that. So it's really difficult to, to make surprise for me. Like, my husband always hated it because, like, yeah, but I cannot do any surprise because you will find it before. And it's true. Sometimes he, he orders something for me and I was just like, I just ordered myself two days ago. <laughs> Oh no, super hard to gift. Like maybe they just have to get you gift cards, you know, so you can go pick what you want. I'll do something handmade. It's why with my husband, we used to exchange, I have books, but we used to exchange letters for years as we were not um, always in the same cities. I used to live abroad like quite a lot. He used to walk abroad too. So we have, I have box of uh, letters. We, we keep a very nice uh, pen pal uh, exchange too but now we live together and, and we have children so it's really 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 like rare that we are not together like here i'm in switzerland and he's in japan uh, but yeah um, uh, i think he's quite busy now but usually we we send each other either postcard or, or letters or post even we leave like some post-it in in our wallet or something like that so we still like this at least i love a lot and i, I try to make him keep it <laughs> I was about to say that's so sweet of him because like I don't yeah. I, I don't know too many guys or husbands or boyfriends who would do this kind of like little gestures and in a way very analog gestures that yeah. in the old days that's really how people do it they write letters and they like send little memo notes or like post-its on the fridge and all that stuff yeah. and now today it's just like text message Instagram DM I'm like Elliot can you be any more romantic than this <laughs> like it's horrible but I, I love that you guys have that with you um, throughout all this time and that you still have like a yeah family. he's really sweet for that because I know that he would prefer digital only but he know he know that it's really um, important for me so he tried to keep it like uh, yeah and um what was i say uh, yeah so i think at that time uh, writing letters is really my main uh, activities because um i i really love to exchange and it make me keeping track of my friend and not in a not in a weird way uh, of course <laughs> but just like saying to, like giving some news and and for me, you can take time to answer. I never rush anyone. Sometimes I took months to answer some friends, but the good one knows that there is no, there is no um, pressure. There's no, how to say, uh, I, I don't expect a letter one week after sending mine, of course. And especially with the pandemic, when the, all the postal service are completely upside down. Mm -hmm. So letters is good because 
I don't, I can do it at any time in the middle of the night, in the morning, uh, after, after breakfast, anytime, or at the end of the day after working and stuff like that. Journaling at the moment is more difficult for me, uh, except like I use some blank page to train some calligraphy stuff, but to really sit down and concentrate at that time with two little kids, I, I can see that my brain is not that clear. So mm. I write down some notes, but I don't have time to really write, like write, nice text like i used to like really tell a story like like i like it but i try to keep my children journal on up to date like mm. i keep a, a monthly letter journal from for them so every month at their birth birth no, say, the day of their um, the same day of their birth date i would write a one page letter in um, in a notebook to each oh. of them uh, to keep track of is sometimes it's sometimes nothing uh, it's not just that I love you and like that. <laughs> I could, but I, I try to give them kind of um, panorama of the the time they're growing up, like the political uh, uh, climate change, uh, like a little bit like the news. Like a, I a love short... it. Letters from the past. That is like exactly. documenting yeah, exactly. the times they lived through, even yeah. though they for when they couldn't really understand much or like couldn't exactly. really record themselves yeah that's amazing. of course i would put some of their milestone like if they start to talk if they start to walk if they sing if they stuff like that but i would try to give them some of the state of the world there yeah, to just see that something some stuff happened around them and they're not aware but maybe later they, they could be interested in something maybe something will yeah we, we never know but mm -hmm. i really like this, this uh, exchange and the same i try to write to myself every five years a letter to my future self and to my past self it's kind of therapy therapeutic mm -hmm. say Therap in, therapeutic yeah. yeah and um so i guess it's it, for me for my mind it's really good when i when i can concentrate and do it i really feel lighter and i like to read again like to see as i told you when i started instagram account i was really down and it's really helped me later to read again about that period and to understand some of the some of the trauma some of the state uh, how i feel good or bad and i think the writing yeah maybe in stationery what i really like is the writing maybe it's how i my love for ink and in, fountain pen is, be, is because of the the tool of writing who is really strong so writing is really the anchor that connects mm -hmm. to all the different stationary things yeah. that you enjoy um, yeah. from letter writing to fountain pens, writing instruments to maybe even like sticker and watch you that decorates and embellish the letters yeah. and the journals you keep for your children. Mm. <laughs> that is amazing. Can I ask like what notebooks you're using now? Is there like a lot like what would take us 30 minutes to go through your list? <laughs> so, <laughs> but to, to tell it to me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, traveler notebooks, I use it for my daily um, journal, like uh, all the appointments, stuff like that. And I try to put a lot of stickers and my skin tape inside because I like the format of the horizontal week, weekly, mm -hmm. regular file. And uh, for writing like um, a journal, I will usually use either Midori MD. I have it in two sides, the A5 or the, I guess, A7 or B7, I'm not sure. The small one, the small one. yeah. And I like I really enjoy the um, the 
I, I love Tomoe River, of course, but what I like with Midori is a little bit thicker, and um, I like the, the really light pink uh, leather uh, cover, and who, who changed very, like, who, you know, who pat the patin is really nice. I know it's that leather, the, the raw, oh, sorry, not raw, the naked leather one. Yeah, that exactly. The, that you can slip your notebooks into. Yeah. And it's, yeah, they, they call it new, sorry, nude, nude leather. And so yeah, it exactly. patinas into this really rich kind of like pink caramel. <laughs> caramel yeah, pink. Caramel. yeah. Yeah. So I really enjoyed this one. And I, I use the Hobonichi uh, Teko for my own journal. Mm -hmm. Like um, the, either I write like um, my diary, either I write some um, um, quotes I read in books, in the movies, in a song I'm listening. So it's quite personal. And this is my Teko. And the five years is uh, where I put most of the uh, milestone for my kids. Mm -hmm. And the two journals I use for them change every year depending on what I have uh, in stock, and I have a lot in stock. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But one of them, like the one for my son, is a very dear. The paper is not that front end pen friendly, but the journal is very dear to me because it's from a friend uh, who got uh, who who died um, two years ago from a sickness, and. Before before she died, she sent it as a gift for my son, and I didn't know that she was sick at the time. So mm -hmm. it's a very dear gift from uh, from her. Mm -hmm. And um, so even yeah, as a dear front end pen uh, user, I still use it with a ball pen or or um, uh, roller pen because I the souvenir of the friend is really dear to me. You want to use it and like keep that legacy, yeah. despite yeah. that like you know fountain pens doesn't work on mm -hmm. it. But but that makes total sense. There's are there are a lot of notebooks out there that although may not be fountain pen friendly, they still are designed very well. Like they they have meaning. They're really useful in many ways. Yeah, she, she she decorated. She repersonalized. She put the name of my son on it. So it's a really um, a customized. Nice, nice. Yeah, and. Um, and I think like she didn't want to tell me she was sick because she knew that I was going through a very happy, uh, quite, you know, I just gave birth, gave birth sorry. Uh, even it was like a difficult, like uh, a difficult birth, but still I was in this uh, cloud and I think she wanted to preserve me from, from what was going on. And so it was sad, but at the same time I really, yeah, it's a very uh, uh, generous, I think from her because so I, I, we, we communicate with my son, with her. So it's nice. With the books. I love it. That's amazing. And do you, what do you use for work? Like, do you, do you have like a special work planner or, or more something more like non um, memory keeping or like journaling or calligraphy wise? I'm curious because I, I, I like love my work planner right now, which is a plotter. <laughs> I don't know if you use your plotter for work or something like that. So, uh, yeah, so the, uh, so I have the, usually I put all my professional uh, meeting and stuff in my traveler notebooks uh, mm -hmm. weekly. And the plotter, I really like it for his, uh, the versatility of it. So I have two sides, the sides, the narrow and the mini six. And uh, depending, like the narrow, I use it I, I cut, uh, like, it's Jacob who put us all through this plotter. <laughs> we all fall in this plotter 
<laughs> rabbit hole. Rabbit <laughs> hole, yeah. And uh, so for the narrow, I would cut different types of paper to, to swatch my inks, like uh, uh, Tommy River, of course, but I cut some uh, Tsubame paper, I cut some Graffilo paper, I, I got some of the, you know, already um, already uh, on the market. I tried one from, from uh, 100 yen shop. And so, like so I like to have kind of a big palette of different type of paper so I can ink, uh, ink, uh, try and swatch all the different type of inks and um, nibs I have. And in the mini six that I, I bring it with me, I have some papers too. And I, I would put like notes for today's uh, podcast. And uh, I will put like uh, stuff I need to send to some people who either order some of my uh, previously beloved fountain pen or stationary stuff that I need, of course, I need to, to let go sometimes. <laughs> even even I say uh, how one of my good friends Susan, always told me this sentence that I used to say before and now it's going back to me like how many is too many and she was like you need to make you need to make a t-shirt of that because I, I always told her every time she, oh I have too many from the band. and I was like how many is too many so hello to Mar Mario <laughs> she, will, she will be ha happy to hear that, uh, yes. yes. Hi, Manon. And um, I, I, in the M6, I will have sometimes I will put some uh, masking tape um, uh, samples. Uh, like I will clip, you know, you make some uh, uh, say, a sheet of masking tape, and I will clip them in the plotter too. So I have a, a and sticker page too. Like you know, the all the stickers you can find from uh, Daiso or Seria, who has this. Uh, little format a little bit smaller than a postcard so mm -hmm. i just uh, make the hole with my picture and i just put them in the plotter and i can travel with them instead yeah, of yeah. i could i i bought the traveler notebooks uh insert the sticker paper one mm -hmm. but i'm so lazy to, to unstick <laughs> the sticker from the paper to put them on the notebook. You rather just punch holes in the sticker sheet and just like put it straight into the ring. I love it. <laughs> it's, just, it's just the perfect size. So I, I take one sheet of each of the one I want to use this summer and I just punch them, put them in my <gasps> bring them with me and it's yeah, it's really uh, it's really easy to use. It's what I love with the plotter because finally you have all in one, which I used to travel with like five. Uh, here I don't bring all my journals because I knew that some I will write later because I won't have time during the trip. So I didn't bring the, the five years, for example. I didn't bring uh, the, 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 the techo. I was like, I can write on paper and I will rewrite nicer uh, inside later because yeah, just a lot of weight to, yeah. When you have kids, you, you have to think about a lot, really... of, a lot of other things for the kids that needs to go into yeah, the bag. Exactly. So uh, the plotter is really good for that because you can have a little bit of everything in one. Mm -hmm. And this is really a good uh, thing for travel. I bring one of the indie with me so I can sketch and I can uh, do some water. Yeah, I, I went back to watercolor some, some weeks ago. I was really missing painting. And in the MD, I can do it. And in the, um, I bring my travel notebooks with me too with the, watercolor insert and with the weekly horizontal weekly insert. I love it. 
just just a beautiful array of notebooks and tools that um, I feel like now that I like think about our lineup, it's it's actually very similar. Like it, like you also do the watercolor thing, and I I feel like I'm not as deep in the fountain pen yet, but Kelly is like pushing me there. So someday I will have custom nib grinds from CY and then I will have the need to swatch ink on my plotter narrows as well. <laughs> Don't go too deep, you cannot come back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Koi is like warning me now <laughs> and warning everyone else. And so let's see, I wanted to ask in like what were some of like really cool events that you enjoyed going to when you were in Japan that's like related to stationery I mean we all heard about like the Bungu Joshi um but I feel like I what I do not know more about is probably like the ink events but maybe Tokyo Inklings they talk about a lot more but mm -hmm. you know just from your own personal experience which one was really memorable and what was it like you know what were the locals that went like I'd love to hear your stories. So the first Bungo Joshi in Tokyo was crazy. Uh, the one I went in, I think it was June 2018. It was, I, I didn't expect it at all. And it was just like, wow. I was like, I'm dead. It's like uh, it's paradise, it's heaven. What is going on? I don't get it. And and I think I, I don't, I was like, it was like, in a, you are in a dream and you know, you, you cannot think anymore. Like, and your brain is just in, in survival mode and you're just like following. You don't own your body anymore. It's like kind of, uh, okay. yeah, it was crazy, completely crazy. I don't remember how long I spent inside. So it was pre-COVID. So there was a lot, lot of people. It was crowded. Uh, and you just go from, from table, from table, everything is new. Everything is, uh, is uh, limited edition. Everything is first thing yeah first time you see it there was no instagram preview and so like that it was yeah as it was pre-covid they want to keep the surprise now with the pandemic all this uh, fair they put online first and they will sell by small slot at that day at that time you can buy this and this it's a little quite different but the first uh, event i was like so not prepared and i went the I, I bought the ticket for the first day it was a friday i remember i went alone Mm -hmm. And I came back home and I thought, I'm not there tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Do whatever you want. I won't be there on Saturday. I need to go back. I'm going back. <laughs> because on the first day, I wasn't prepared. So I didn't know what to expect. And everything was in Japanese, of course. And I, I, I cannot read the Japanese. So I got the map at the entrance and I was just lost. And was just like, okay, so just go with the flow and we'll see what's going on inside. But when I get in, I was just like, oh my God, there's so many uh, stands, so many shops. I will see what I can do. But I buy some stuff. I, I, I talk with some people. But then I was just like, oh, I, I see maybe 5% of the event because I was just like, ah, it's too much, too many. <laughs> so I went home, rest, sleep, <laughs> took, took some bottles of water with me the day after that. You're prepared the second time. <laughs> like exactly because i didn't bring food the first day and i was like yeah i have to go out to eat now and um yeah and i spent the second day but what i did is like i could bring i bring my husband with me he was like what's this like, oh you you may like it maybe <laughs> and, you know, he, he disliked it he did all. not like it but he helped you carry stuff right <laughs> like once no, you... no he helped me got like i was like okay now i like i translate the map when i got home and i translate all the different tables and i was like 
oh, this, this, I like this creator and this, and, I, and all the table have like kind of limited stuff. Like if you don't go in the first hour, maybe they, they didn't, it was the first edition. So they didn't got make this slot. Now they do like from nine to 12, from 12 to two, to from two to five, something like that. But that is just like from nine to six. So if either you go early in the morning, you're the first one, either you will miss some of the stuff they were looking for because of course they have only 50 or 100 pieces of each. So I, I gave him some direct directive like, okay, you table 41, table 57, table, <laughs> go there. I go here, let's meet at the... I know, it's like a, a split up and like, you know, accomplish each of our mission and then we can meet up at this time. I love it. Like the friend episode with the wedding dress, Monica wedding dress. The wedding dress <laughs> episode. <laughs> oh my goodness. Uh, that sounds so fun and like so exciting. And I can imagine that, you know, your first time there just by yourself, super overwhelming. Did you go back yeah. with friends like the following year? Yeah, then we uh, we went back once uh, and I did Bungo Joshi or was it another? I didn't go to the big one in the, they made another one uh, in um, Tokyo site uh, building, the, what's the name? Tokyo, the building with uh, upside down. And this one I didn't go because I was, pregnant and what I heard about I think CY went there with Akane and what I heard and Alicia went there too and they told me I, I remember I almost took by the ticket and I was like mm, it, I saw that it wasn't it wasn't sold out and I was like okay if you go first I think Alicia went on a Friday and she texted me say don't go don't go you will get you will you will not survive it and I, I was like I don't know eight months pregnant I was like yeah maybe not a good idea to <laughs> to jostle in that crowd yeah, i love missionary but still yeah no not imagine even. imagine your baby in your tummy at that time like if you had when and the thing is like when i remember there was a time mommy took me to this really really scary i brought my son who was like uh four months at the ink 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 event in itoya which is like 1000 ink you can try you know they're all open on shelf and i had my son in a baby carrier with his his feet like Dangling. balancing and like jumping all the time and i bring him there and i was like what the way are you thinking <laughs> what are you thinking i love it so i was holding his feet all the time and like she's like excuse me excuse me let me let me go through this and i couldn't i was with alicia remember and i was like I cannot try any inks because if I try the inks, he will he will just like like uh, yeah. say uh, kick all the bottles down, and I will have to to yeah I will have to clean and I will have to to swim like a gomena side one thousand times to, to let they don't like Italia don't sue me. <laughs> I love it. It's so, yeah. but it's the it's the passion, right? Like you you want like you have to experience it and you know for other people it doesn't make sense but for you like you have to experience it so you went but then, even though you there's yeah. hardship <laughs> yeah i went to keep too was really nice but i think the last year i i went less like last one i went was maybe september 2020 maybe it was one of the event under covid that they made you enter by batch of 50 people at the time. I went with CY, remember? And uh, it was the one of the last one because after that, I think I was either, I was like, oh, I don't know. It was too much after a while. Maybe I was just too tired and I was just like, no, it's too much. I, I cannot. 
You know, when there's too many, you don't know where to look anymore and you get quite uh, tired after a while. You just Burn like, out. Oh, <laughs> to, yeah, and because of the pandemic, I think I feel like a bit, yeah, not not safe. Like in the sense of, all right, there's too many people in a closed space. I I have kids at home. I was like, yeah, I'm not the... I, I cannot I cannot I cannot afford to be sick. Yeah. Exactly. No, this is definitely a very like unique and interesting time. And mm. although I still see those events happening, I you know, I rather think about like the old times, like and like the way when people can really enjoy it as freely as they want. And now it just kind of feels like eh, yeah. I, I don't know if I would go, but I know many of us our friends, we were all thinking, okay, maybe TIPS twenty twenty two or Bunko Joshi twenty twenty two, then that would be really something fun yeah. to look forward to. Of course I miss them like for gathering with friends and stuff, but I was like if it was in a like a different way, it was outside, it was in smaller batch like smaller time, you know, one hour by hundred people. I think that here's thousands of people in the same room. It's quite, uh, I it's remember, a, uh, yeah, Jacob and QI went and... So we can only dream about the future, you know, hopefully, you know, the, the world becomes the safest place for humankind. That yeah. sounds like a movie line, but like, it really is that way. We kind of live in like this realistic situation it's now. Like, the, like the, the whole, the whole uh, Tokyo Pen gang, we like to travel to to either to the US together or to Philippines or to Taiwan for the different, uh, you know, uh, inks and pens event, events. And we were just like, yeah, we have to wait for a better time because now it's just impossible and no one's can travel easily. And One good thing that came out of it though, in my opinion, I think I shared it with someone else before, was that because of the pandemic, a lot of the stores in Japan has to be super innovative and they have to use Instagram Live to really share and yeah. broadcast. And I felt like, it always feel like there's like a wall behind like Japanese stationery because yeah. they really focus heavily on physical events. And now like I can just, I'm in the US in Seattle and I can look at cool showcase events or even like demos like Plotter Japan does like lives every Friday yeah. where they talk about Plotter, how to use Plotter, all that kind of stuff. So it felt really nice to, mm-hmm. in a way, experience slices of that Japanese stationery experience through yeah. Instagram or through other live events. Um, whereas usually that would have been like unachievable. Like, yeah. You can't get it because you have to be there. <laughs> like, so, so no. And the same with the um, online sh- shopping too. A lot of stationery in Japan, like the small one, the smaller one, uh, who are not in Tokyo, you have to go physically to buy something. You, even you live in Japan, you cannot. Some of them you cannot order. Like you, you, you have to go there. And because of the pandemic, they start to do online uh, shopping and stuff like that. And which is, of course. It would be better to, to be able to travel around, but it's still good and it's, it's good for the economy to, to I think they, they understood that it would be impossible to survive if they still keep it on the physical exactly. uh, customer because no one can reach, no one can go out from your prefecture when there's a lockdown and stuff like that. So it's, it's, I think it's a good way to, yeah, to improve and we'll see what's going on later. And one thing I noticed too is like a lot of Japanese friends are really kind of like expanding outside of Japan. There's like this notebook brand, Kunisawa, the one with the bird. And they started working with a lot of American influencers to like kind of share their notebooks and all that stuff. So it's just cool to see that, you know, 
I feel like Japan has always like hold their like amazing station product as like a secret, like it's like experience and everyone always have to like find a way to get it from Japan or something like that. But now it's starting to be like here, even we're outside, even when I was back in Taiwan, you're like, yeah, there's just this cool stuff from Japan that I can tell my other friends who are not stationary people that this is really nice and this is really high quality and it's easier to share that joy now not not that it's like they're also looking out like the brands are also broadcasting it globally mm-hmm. internationally who they are and stuff so i i, I like this direction <laughs> yeah. and but also like i i look forward to obviously japan going back to normal and like do their amazing physical events and if they could like keep a cool harmony between like the digital experience and the online experience versus the physical one i think that's just like perfect and i think that's going to be great for japan's like economy for like the tourism as as well as branding and like really emphasizing again that craftsmanship that a lot of japanese brands have so I yeah, it. I guess some of the brands start to have like more like English website, English mm-hmm. customer service, and like Bunkuyo, they start this like you can order directly internationally. But the same with Tag, Tag Stationery recently. Tag. Yeah. yeah, and uh, uh, what else? Um, Furukawashiko, yeah, a, a little bit too, right? Like they started yeah. doing a bunch. Yeah, so I think it's really good. And I want to make a shout out to all like. Uh, all the um, stationary shop like make it uh, possible before the pandemic like you think from japan ayako or the stationary selection uh, mitsuko and um if either uh, even um superior labor the superior labor and vandalust uh, so esther and um kawaii san uh, make this international um w- website now so yeah it's it's nice i think at least it give for the people who are outside, who, who cannot enter Japan now, it gives kind of uh, hope, and uh, at least you can travel a little bit by uh, with with the object. I say you can bring the object to to you and have a little taste of Japan while waiting to, to travel back there. I love it, and I feel like that perfectly wraps up this episode. Like today, I know we didn't get to like really talk too much about you know your journaling habit and all that stuff but i feel like what you had given us is really this cool perspective of what it's like to be on the ground in japan and living the stationery and kind of straggling the line of you know being a foreigner there but also very immersed in my opinion with the local scene and you can absolutely get more of that content too again like our friend cy and their amazing podcast tokyo inklings and they they really get deep into the fountain pen world and you'll probably hear koi again like on that podcast too sharing her stationary adventures and i guess to wrap up um i would love to ask you you know what are you looking forward to for the rest of this year or even next year any new stationary products or new stationary categories that you're excited about <laughs> to be more broad <laughs> Um, I'm, I have to save money because I know that one of my favorite, uh, sailor pen designer, uh, Shishikura san, I know that she will release two sailor, like sparkling, my, my sparkling one, I said, uh, soon, like, uh, late summer or beginning of the fall. And so I need to save money for that because I, I'm collecting her. I love her glittering uh, tailor and I'm collecting them. So this will be one of my um, 
um, like how say, com coming back from from Europe to Japan is really one of my highlights. And uh, I guess I will stay with the same um, journal line, like uh, Travel Notebook, Midori, uh, Tomoe River, of course, a paper for the next uh, year for what I like to do, like all the journaling stuff. And um, what else? Yeah, I, I want to go back a bit in um, in uh, watercolor and stuff like that because with a friend we would like to design some either stickers or masking tape. It was some plan we have for a while, and I was like, yeah, do we do it? Do we not? And I was like, yeah, we have to do it. I have to do it while I'm still in Japan. I will feel like, like really, it will be one of my regrets not going back to to Europe. And I was like, ah, while I was in Japan, I, I had the opportunity to do it and never do, did it. So. This mm -hmm. I'm looking forward and we hope to launch it before the end of the year. If not, it will be beginning of next year. Yes. So yeah, in touch for, for more masking tape and more stickers. Yes, never enough <laughs> when we love, we love it when stationary lovers turn into like evolve into this like stationary creator stage, you know, like you're no longer just a consumer, but you're actively, you know, creating stuff that adds to the value of everyone else yeah. who likes stationary. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Koi, for coming on to the Stationery Cafe podcast. You guys can look at her beautiful spreads, which I love how you do the flat lay of the things you have, like whether it is a letter you're about to write and the stuff that you are going to use with it at Mirai Cat um, on Instagram, M-I-R-A a-I-K-A-T. And as, as I said before, you can probably, you'll probably hear her again on the Tokyo Inklings podcast. And as always, you can support the Stationery Cafe uh, on Instagram. We have our website and then we also have a Patreon. If you like our episodes, you know, we'd love your support uh, for a price of a coffee. And as always, we can't wait to bring you more fun conversations with guests like Koi today and we'll see you next time. Bye, Koi. <laughs> Bye, Prince. Thanks a lot for having me. Bye-bye.